Hi, I'm Adam Sanford. I'm an academic life coach and professor in Los Angeles. And I'm Dinur Bloom. I'm a college professor in Los Angeles. And this is Learning Made Easier, a podcast where we discuss how we learn and how we teach and how they overlap. Welcome back to Learning Made Easier. This is episode 73, how to relate what you're learning to other things you've learned. This is the fifth of seven episodes in our critical thinking series about using the squared method. Critical thinking is a critical component of succeeding in college, but many students have never been taught how to think critically. The squared method outlines seven methods of increasing this skill, summarizing, questioning, unpacking, analyzing, relating, explaining, and defining. In this episode, we're going to talk about the skill of relating. Now, relating is when you take several things you've learned about different topics and tie them together. For example, you might take the information you found on the Battle of Gettysburg and tie the executions of deserters to the law or to a moray violation. Relating is similar to analyzing, but instead of tying things about the same topic together, now you're casting a wider net you're finding similarities between something in your chemistry class with something in your biology class, or tying a situation in your American literature class's story about the Vietnam War to political issues you're learning about in poli-sci. Instead of it just being inside this topic, I'm tying these things together that go together in this topic I'm learning about, it's beginning to draw things in from other places and creating a more holistic experience of your education. It's no longer I am learning poli-sci here and I am learning biology over there. It is I am now tying what I'm learning in this class to that class to that class. It's, it's throwing a wider net. Relating uses similar tools and techniques as analyzing as well. The main difference is you're trying to tie stuff together when it's about different topics instead of the same topic. So you'll still ask things like, how does this thing go with that thing? How are they related? Can I state that relationship in words? Can I explain the relationship to someone else? Can I use that relationship to answer questions or show a deeper level of learning? So we know that these have been short episodes, but we're just hitting one thing from the method in each. So you get a few short episodes. Hey, you know, they're quick bites. But our experiences with it include this. I use relating all the time. I use it whenever I'm trying to express why students should care about the topics I'm teaching them. And in one of my assignments, I ask them to explain how something they learned in my class helped them understand a situation in their life or how it's similar to or connected to something they learned in another class or even in another learning situation entirely like summer camp or their church group or being on a sports team. And by tying these seemingly unrelated ideas together, my students gain a lot of insight both about their own lives and about the stuff they're learning in my sociology class or my criminology class. They're going beyond just what they're learning inside the class and saying, hey, this thing I just learned about in sociology sounds an awful lot like this other thing I just learned about in poli-sci. Maybe they go together. And I love relating material from my classes to things I've heard at academic conferences or things I hear in the news or even things for fun. And a good example for me is when I teach about social control in my classes, I'll use the law, 
It's a pretty easy and obvious way of looking at social control and rule enforcement, but I also use sports. Shocking, I know. I'm sorry, you use sports, Denor? Are you sure that you are actually Denor using sports? I know. I'm just saying. <laughs> so I'll ask my students, what are the unwritten rules that are happening here? When you see a fight after a player's gotten hit, why is that fight happening even if the referee is called a penalty? When I show my students baseball players who are being hit by pitches, I'll ask, why is retaliation okay? Or why do the players think it's okay in this situation? So it's taking this big complex idea of social control, both formal and informal, and it's applying it to an arena that they might not have thought about before. It lets them see how there are rules of behavior in sports that are very different from the official rule book. And I've had students who, when they really don't understand how to study, I will relate it to their sport. I mean, I'm not a sports person in the way that you are, Janor, but I remember I had a student who was a student athlete, frustrated as heck with my class, and I asked him what he was doing to study, and he said, well, I just keep trying hard. I just keep trying hard. And I said, what does that mean? And he says, I don't know. And I said, okay, tell me what trying hard means when you're out on the court, because he was a basketball player. And he said, well, I go to practice every day. I practice all the skills, like for 15 minutes at a time, I'll practice dribbling, and then I'll pa practice passing, and then I'll practice, you know, taking a shot at the at the hoop from different places on the court. And I said, okay, are you doing anything like that when you're preparing for my class? And he said, no. And I said, okay, tell me what practicing those skills might look like for my class. What skills do you need for this class that you're not practicing? And all of a sudden it clicked in his head. Oh, I need to do things for the class the same way I do them for the court. And suddenly his grades began to go up. It was amazing. I am a theater geek in the same way that Nora is a sports geek. I love theater, especially musical theater. And I will talk to my students about shows that have come out, new songs that I've learned, and the lyrics specifically. So a couple of years ago when Hamilton was really big, I was trying to explain to the students how there are unwritten rules in society that we all just know this is the way things are. And I was talking about norms and I said, okay, here's an example for you. During Hamilton's life during the you know late Revolutionary War, early American period in the late 1700s and early 1800s, one of his buddies calls a guy out for a duel. Now today we think of dueling as you know what that's you know that's something that nobody does. I got out my phone, I put it next to the um, to the room's microphone, and I played the Ten Duel Commandments. I had a class full of kids of color from the inner city and all of them were leaning forward and listening because that's a kind of music they've heard all the time. It's a hip hop style song. And it's saying, number one, you do this, number two, you do that. And at the end of it, I said, now here's the thing. Every single one of the people in this story knew that those were the rules of dueling. They didn't have to be told, they just knew. Why? Because they grew up with it. I had students coming up to me after class, both asking where they could find the soundtrack and saying, I never knew a white guy would listen to hip hop. And I said, are you kidding? I was 15 when Run DMC came on the scene. Are you kidding? I listened to hip hop. And so that didn't just relate something they knew and loved, which was a type of music, but it also related something they really didn't know about the history of that period with what we were talking about in a sociology class. When I can relate things that look unrelated like that for my students, I just want to dance a little dance and say, ha, 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 they learned something today because they thought it was interesting. And teachers, that's one of the reasons to do this, by the way. Get them to relate what they're learning to something else that they're learning. And if possible, make one of those things like a guaranteed in. Like, 
hip hop music for my students. And one of the ways that my students can earn A's on my term papers is by taking the material that they're writing about for me and explicitly connecting it to material from other classes. I tell them, I want you to show me how does this relate to a different sociology class you've taken or a class in a different department. Tell me how they connect because I want your learning to be more than just one class at a time, each in its own box. I want you to start making these connections because I think that these connections can help your education become a lot deeper. It broadens our understanding. And so I, that's the way I can reward my students. You want to get the A? Connect it to other classes you've taken. So how students can use this idea of relating. When you're studying, one good way to learn is to teach what you're learning to other people. So ask your parents or your roommate or your friend or your little brother to listen to you explaining how what you're learning relates to a problem in the real world. How does what you're learning in geology help you understand the energy crisis? How does what you're learning in English literature help you understand how the stories people tell in political campaigns sway folks to vote for or against them? If you're really ambitious, try this. Write down three concepts from one of your classes, like your history class, and write down three concepts from another class, like say your anthropology class, or if you really wanna get brave, write down three concepts from your chemistry class. Stick each of those three slips in two different bowls, pick one from each bowl, and try to relate them together. This can force your brain to learn whole new ways of interacting with material that you never thought about before. Now, the way teachers can use this Give your students an assignment where you ask them to use something from another class as an example of something they learned in your class or vice versa. Look for their ability to say they go together because of, and we can understand more about the first thing because of these aspects of the second thing. This can create rich, deep connections and help them understand that learning is holistic, not siloed. It's a creative process. Learning can be very creative and we should be encouraging that. We should always be trying to help students make connections between our curriculum and the real world, right? Well, this is one way that we can do that. So that's what we have for you here in episode 73. If you're finding this podcast helpful, please share it with your friends. We're always hoping to get more new subscribers so we can help more people. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Android. We're hosted on Blueberry.com. And also, we'd really appreciate it if you wrote a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Be sure to join us next week for episode 74, when we'll talk about how to explain what you're learning, both to yourself and to other people. You've been listening to Learning Made Easier, a podcast about how we learn, how we teach, and how they overlap. We want to say thank you to all of our supporters on Patreon who make this podcast possible. If you want to support us, please go to www.patreon.com slash learning made easier. We look forward to seeing you next week.